بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد الفاتح لما أغلق والخاتم لما سبق ناصر الحق بالحق والهادي إلى صراطك المستقيم وعلى آله حق قدره ومقداره العظيم أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته I welcome everybody once again to our lessons on قصيرة البردة الشريفة الحمد لله we uh, the last time we commenced with the third chapter and alhamdulillah we completed around uh, 10 lines from the third chapter of the qasiratul burda uh, tonight will be our first lesson in the holy month of ramadan so ramadan mubarak to uh, everyone out there uh, may allah make it a, a month of rahmah and relief for the entire ummah of the beloved sallallahu alaihi wasallam a month of rahmah and relief for the entire world and its people uh, may it uh, bring us back to the fold of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may it reconnect us to our creator and to our prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to our quran and uh, part of that effort is studying these uh, writings of the awliya uh, that that <clears throat> that serve to connect us Allah and his Prophet and part of those writings that has done this uh, done that for our ummah for, for a very long time for 800 years is the Qasiratul Burda so inshallah uh, we will be uh, reading uh, the, we'll continue with our lessons of the Burda in the holy month of Ramadan as well the Burda is talking about Rasulullah the Quran is talking about Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So the topic is the same. It's the message and the messenger. The message and the messenger. The Quran, Kitabullah, is the message, and Rasulullah is the messenger. So we focus on the message and the messenger, inshallah, in this month. So let us continue, inshallah. Uh, we read the last line. We read was so, mashallah, we recite that for barakah. So, the last line was Faqan Nabiina fi Khalqin wabi Khuluqin. He surpassed all the prophets and Nabiyin fi Khalqin wafi Khuluqin in his physical attributes and in his mannerisms and character khuluqin khalq is how you were created physically and khuluq is your character so he surpassed all the prophets in his character in his creation and in his character in the attributes of his creation and in the attributes of his character and neither could they achieve his rank in knowledge or in generosity so the Prophet ﷺ is the best of creation, is the best of all the prophets. He's a supreme prophet. He surpasses all of them uh, in both character and beauty. Now, we have to understand that uh, beauty in this world, greatness in this world with regards to people, 
it is either uh, the beauty is either physical beauty or moral uh, beauty some people are very beautiful physically right a man or a woman will be very handsome and beautiful uh, physically allah endowed them with all the beautiful attributes uh, but uh, their character may not be beautiful they may have a very ugly character they may their mouth may be very ugly their mannerisms uh, the things they do may be very ugly so such a person is not really beautiful even though they are physically beautiful but uh, you will not be attracted to them uh, or at least not for long because their character is ugly on the other hand you might find a person uh, whose character is very beautiful but physically perhaps they are not uh, beautiful physically they are not attractive and beautiful they are not from the people that are described as handsome and uh, pretty and so on but their character is beautiful and we like people like that uh, due to their character but kamal Uh, perfection perfection is when somebody combines both outward beauty physical beauty and inward spiritual uh, moral beauty of the mannerisms if somebody has both then subhanallah that's the perfect person that's uh, he's got the best of both worlds or she's got the best of both worlds right now none in mankind can surpass our prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in that he was the most beautiful of all people physically and he was the most beautiful uh, of all people in his uh, mannerism and in his akhlaq in his character and uh, physically as well a lot of people don't know a lot of muslims even don't know that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted our prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam a lot of physical uh, a lot of physical uh, attributes uh, uniqueness uh, in many of his physical attributes for example the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam never you know uh, his hair never turned gray never turned white he lived till age of 63 and his hair his beard was a large beard was black his hair which was long till his shoulders was black like the night they could only count 23 or 25 white hair in his beard they could count it actually the you know one little one here one little one here it's a big black beard so that's what the miracle allah granted him in fact it's a miracle uh, allah even granted one of some of somebody who came to him a jew one day he was thirsty sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he said does anybody in the gathering have water uh, there was a jewish man sitting in the gathering and the jewish guy uh, had some water so he passed the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam some water so the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, looked at him and said zayyan allah wajhak ubayyad you know wajhak Uh, that may Allah beautify your face, which was, you know, an Arab way of saying thank you. Uh, you make a dua. So he made a dua for the Jewish man. He said, may Allah beautify you, beautify your face. Thanks for that water. So subhanAllah, the narration says that that Jewish man lived for more than 90 years. 90 years and his hair never turned white. His beard never turned white. It was black like a young man. Right? Gray hair is a sign of old age. and everybody used to be surprised at this jewish man he used to say uh, it's because of the dua of muhammad or abul qasim the jews used to call the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam abul qasim so our prophet sallallahu uh, hair never turned white our prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam from his physical miracles uh, was that uh, he never yawned he never ever yawned he never ihtilam meaning he never had a, uh, what a wet dream a wet dream he never had that 
all men, you know, young men, you know, when you become an adolescent, you have that. He uh, did not have that. Lam yahtalim qad alayhi salatu salam. The the flies would not sit on him. They would buzz around him in the gathering and in the like in the majlis, but they would not sit on him. They will never sit on him. Uh, uh, many a times he didn't have a shadow. A shadow. Oftentimes, now here is some ikhtilaf. Uh, some ulama say he didn't have a shadow at all. Others say he did have a shadow. Uh, if you look at the narrations from my understanding, uh, is that uh, both of them are correct in a way. Uh, it was not that he وسلم, never ever had a shadow. Uh, there are men narrations mentioning a shadow. But there are narrations also mentioning no, not a shadow. So it seems that there were times when uh, the Prophet wouldn't have a shadow. The people, somebody would see him and there would be no shadow. But it was not necessarily all the time because that would be too apparent for everyone. So uh, the Prophet وسلم, he would sleep, uh, his eyes would sleep, but his heart would not sleep. That's why he would wake up in, uh, for Fajr and he would make Salah without wudu. Sayyidah Aisha asked him once, uh, Ya Rasulullah, you were sleeping and you woke up and you made salah. You didn't make wudu. Like, you tell us to do that. He said, we prophets, our eyes, only our eyes sleep, but our hearts are alive. They don't sleep. They are, our hearts are awake. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his hands used to be very cool. It could be any time of the, the, the year, any, any season, but his hand would be cool and, and you could hold his hand and feel the, the coolness of it. The Sahaba, Kunna Rahisu Barda, uh, you know, Yadayhi alayhi salatu wassalam. And uh, also, the sweat from him would, uh, uh, was fragrant, was scented. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's um, sweat was not like the sweat of me and you, uh, which, which doesn't smell nice. And we need to use, you know, deodorants and antiperspirants and all these things. Uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, his sweat was more fragrant than all the perfumes of this world so people would uh, you know uh, rush to take from that sweat if me and you are sweaty we don't want to touch each other i don't want to touch somebody who looks very sweaty but the prophet when he would be sweaty when he would perspire the sahaba would rush to touch him and rub him and take from that because it would smell so nice nicer than all the perfumes of this world the prophet وسلم, i mean if you go into the shamail uh, how he was like, his, his height was just perfect. He wasn't too high. He wasn't too tall. He wasn't too short. He wasn't a guy you would say, oh, look look at the tallie, you know, the, the tall guy. Oh, you won't say, look at the shorty, the short guy. He was, the Sahaba said he was just perfect. You couldn't fault him. But if he would be in a gathering, he would tower above everybody else. He would tower over, above everybody else. Although he wasn't taller than everybody else, but he would tower above them. Uh, the Prophet وسلم, his teeth uh, would shine like pearls. The Sahaba say, as if the pearls and the rubies were shining from his mouth. When he smiles, he wouldn't laugh loud. Like sometimes, you know how people laugh loud. Ha, ha, ha. You know, they, they, they make these loud laughs. He wouldn't laugh like that, but he would smile. He would smile, and sometimes he would smile, and he would like, what we, what we could say in our language is like giggle. Sometimes he would smile, and he would giggle, and uh, you, you, you see his teeth. But he would never laugh loud. Ha, 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 ha. Like, like you know, we, we do, you know. Uh, he wouldn't laugh like that. Because that's a laugh that, that's, you know, that's, it's irreverent. 
in a way. So uh, it's not haram, but it, it, it wasn't, you know, it, they didn't suit him. But he would usually smile. In fact, he would be, he would be smiling a lot. Kasirul Iftisama. The Sahaba say even in the middle of a battle, we would see him smiling in the middle of a battle. Uh, but sometimes if something funny happened, somebody said a joke or somebody did something very funny or made a very funny comment, then he would sometimes laugh. He would laugh until we could see his teeth, which would basically be like giggling until we could see his, his teeth. And his teeth were white as pearls. They would shine like pearls, alayhi salatu wasalam. So sometimes I, I, I tell people, I, I meet sometimes people who claim to be following the sunnah and people who claim to be imams and, and maulanas. And, but, you know, their teeth is yellow and their teeth is uh, rotten and dirty. And I said, you guys, you know, uh, you know, brothers, you, you claim to follow the sunnah. Why don't you follow the sunnah of the Prophet in, in, in brushing your teeth and, and making your teeth shiny and beautiful? Is the sunnah only in some things and not in other things? So uh, really, our Prophet was described as the most handsomest of all men, of all people. Hassan bin Sabit said, More beautiful than you, no woman has given, uh, my eyes have never seen. And more beautiful than you, no woman has ever given birth. You were created perfect as if you created yourself, as if you designed, like you, you picked and chose. You choose like every feature for yourself. Imagine if, if me and you had a choice before we were born to pick and choose what type of features we, we want, right? We would all choose the best, right? Oh, I want this type of skin. I want uh, this type of teeth. I want this height. I want this, uh, you know, width. And I, I want these type of eyes. I want this type of nose. We would have all designed ourselves in the best of ways. Hassan says, Ya Rasulullah, you are created so perfect and so faultless, so defectless, that it is as if you designed yourself. But what, uh, that's poetry. But we know that he was designed uh, even better than being designed by himself. He was designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as khayru khalqillah. So uh, no prophet can match him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was said that but Yusuf alayhi salam was very handsome. Yes, Yusuf alayhi salam was so handsome that when the women of Egypt saw him, they said... Uh, they said, this guy, this man cannot be a human being. Indeed, he's an angel. When they saw the nur on his face and then the, the way he was shining and how beautiful he was, they said, this is an angel. But there's a hadith that Yusuf السلام, was given half of all beauty. Well, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was granted all of all beauty. And uh, there is a poem attributed to Sayyida Aisha, Umm al-Mu'mineen, radiallahu anha, where she said that, that if the women of Egypt had to see the face of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the face of my husband, they wouldn't have cut their fingers, but they would have cut their hearts. They wouldn't have cut their fingers, and they would have cut their hearts. And another poet said, I think it's from the Sahaba, uh, I cannot recall now, but there's another verse where it said that for the beauty of Yusuf, the women of Egypt cut their fingers. Right when they saw the beauty, they were cutting an apple, and then they ended up cutting their fingers because they were so distracted by the beauty of Yusuf alayhi salam. So the poet said that for the beauty of Yusuf, the the women of Egypt cut their fingers, but for the beauty of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the men of Arabia sacrificed their heads.
the men of Arabia sacrificed their heads for the beauty of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The Sahaba would go in the battle and stand in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, sacrificing their own heads for the head of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They would become human shields. They would die defending the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So what is greater, the women of Egypt cutting their fingers because you, they, they were so dazzled by the beauty of Yusuf alaihi salam or the men of Arabia sacrificing their heads, their necks for the beauty of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So he is he surpasses all the prophets in their beauty. He met all of them on the night of the Isra and the Mi'raj. He was the most beautiful of all of them. And in his character, he doesn't surpass all the prophets just in his beauty. In his character, he is above all, all the prophets are great by the way. Don't get us wrong here. We're not saying uh, the prophets are bad and he was good. Astaghfirullah azim We're saying all the prophets were the best of mankind and he was the best of all the prophets. Like you say, this university here or this team is the best team in the world. And from this team, this player is the best player. So he surpasses all the prophets. This is very important for us to understand because uh, there is a bid'ah, there is a, 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 a bid'ah or an innovation in the deen, an ugly innovation uh, in our time, in our times, uh, which I have noticed, which is to, uh, to reject the notion that our Prophet is, is greater than the other prophets and say that all the prophets are equal. All the prophets are equal. None of them is better than the other one. This is a bid'ah in our age, which I have noticed with some people. And they, get, they become very angry if you say Rasulullah was the greatest of all the prophets. They, they try to argue with you. No, all the prophets are equal. Allah said, I do not differentiate between my prophets. But Allah himself differentiated between them. Allah himself uh, said, Allah says, some of them I spoke to, Allah says, Darajat, I have raised some prophets above other prophets. Allah himself says that. The ayah, when Allah says, we do not differentiate between the prophets, that means in their prophethood, in believing in their prophethood. You cannot say, I believe in Moses, but I don't believe in Jesus. Or I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in Moses. Or I believe in Moses and Jesus, but I don't believe in Muhammad. Or I believe in Muhammad, وسلم, but I don't believe in Moses and Jesus, Isa and Musa. That's what the ayah is saying. We do not separate between them in believing in the prophets. The ayah is not talking about uh, the ranks and their statuses, okay? Uh, the ayah says, we all believe in Allah and his angels and his books and his prophets and we don't separate between them. Meaning, we don't separate in, in, in between them in believing in them. We believe in all the prophets. The ayah is not saying that all the prophets are equal. That is a false and inaccurate translation of the ayah that goes against other ayat of the Quran, that goes against uh, the hadith. It goes against aql, uh, against logic. Uh, not all, if, if there's a soccer team, not all players are equal. Some are better than others. So to say oh, they're all equal is just silly. Uh, and they did not match him in knowledge or in generosity. Now, uh, he says here, uh, before that, uh, Imam Al-Qadi Ayyad in Shifa compares, he says, 
if you look at the miracles that Allah granted to all the prophets, our Prophet was granted similar or greater than that. Musa salam, he split open the river, the, 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 the you know the, the sea, right? Muhammad with a stick. Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Sayyidina Muhammad with his finger, he split open the the moon. Which one is greater, splitting the river or splitting the moon? The moon is so far away. Isa alayhi salam made dead people become alive. Right? He did heal the sick, but the Prophet would also heal the sick. But he made the dead people making alive. That's his greatest miracle. Our Prophet, how would Isa would make dead people alive? They would become alive and they would speak something and they would die again. But they would become alive for a short while. Our Prophet made the stone speak. Then Abu Jahl came to him with stones in his hand, and Rasulullah said to the stones to testify who he was, and they spoke. What is greater? The, the, the living man was alive at one stage, but the stone to speak. So, uh, so many uh, of, of the miracles, Ibrahim was thrown into the fire, he came out alive. Our Prophet went into the heavens and the skies, uh, the entire universe, and came back alive. Imagine, try that. You try that, my brother. Uh, go out of the atmosphere of the earth and see what happens. Ask anybody. Uh, you will die of the lack of oxygen. There is no oxygen there. How do you uh, live in, in, in that? You will die of the cold. You will die of the heat. But our Prophet ﷺ went. So all these miracles Allah granted uh, to, to the other prophets, he was granted. Sulaiman was granted the kingdom of Palestine. His kingdom was considered a great kingdom. Our Prophet ﷺ was granted the kingdom of the whole of Arabia. And then his ummah was granted the kingdom of this entire world from the east to the west. His ummah ruled. So uh, none can compare to Malik Salam. In fact, Al-Busiri says in the next line, In fact, all of them, all the prophets acquired their qualities, acquired uh, their virtues and their glory from Rasulullah. From the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi they all got what they had from him sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Whether it was a hand, as if they are drawing a handful from the oceans or a sip from the rain. In other words, the way he compares how the prophets took from the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it is as if when you take uh, a, a handful of of water uh, from the uh, uh, from the ocean. Allahumma sallallahu alaihi Muhammad. Uh, when, when you take out some water from the ocean or you take a sip from uh, the rainwater when, when it rains. Okay? So, Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Muhammad, when you take a little bit of, of that rainwater. So, in other words, all the miracles they had are just reflections of his miracles, of his, he is the complete one. All the prophets were, you know, uh, reflections of him. And if I, if I may use an, uh, our language today that we, our, we understand in the, the language we speak, it is as if, you know, when they have a movie, they have what they call a trailer before, right? They call it a trailer where they show you glimpses of that movie before the actual movie. You don't see the whole movie, but you see the trailer, the glimpses. All the prophets that came before our Prophet wasallam, it is as if they were trailers to Sayyidina Muhammad wasallam and his seerah. So whatever happened with them, all of that is going to be happening in his life. The hijrah, the leaving the home, the, the fighting, the pressure, the, the, the enemies, the friends, the, all of that. So they were all the prophets were actually coming into this world 
to prepare the world for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that's why the idea of those people who say, uh, you know what, and there's another bit in our age. This is another innovation. Uh, you hear people, it can even uh, amount to kufr, say that it doesn't matter which prophet you follow. You can follow any prophet and you'll go to Jannah. You don't have to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, you know, if you are a Christian, it's fine. If you are a Jew, it's fine. As long as you're following Moses or you're following Isa, Jesus, eh, it's fine, yakhi, you know, they are all prophets. And there's no reason for everyone to follow Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Some people say that. I know most of us don't say that. We know that that's nonsense. Uh, Islam is the final message. Rasulullah is the final prophet. The call is for everyone. Uh, but you hear people say that. Wallahi, you hear people, Muslims say things like that. Uh, and that's really unacceptable. All the prophets, even the prophets, if they had to be in this time and age, they had to follow him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You say Moses and Jesus. Let me tell you about Moses and Jesus. Maybe the peace and blessings of Allah be upon them. Uh, Musa, our Prophet وسلم, one day saw Sayyidina Umar carrying a book. So he told some pages. He told Umar, what do you carry in your hand, Umar? What is that? Sayyidina Umar, a hadith is in Bukhari. Uh, Sayyidina Umar said, it's pages from the Torah. Pages from the Torah. So the Prophet وسلم's face became red. And he told, uh, he said, I uh, say, Umar said, I borrowed it from the Jews to read it and learn about it. So, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's face turned red. You know, he was upset. And he told Sayyidina Umar, put those away. So, Sayyidina Umar said, but didn't you tell us, Ya Rasulullah, that uh, Moses was a prophet of Allah and the Torah is a book of Allah? You taught us that. We didn't know that. The Arabs didn't know that. So, the Prophet replied to Umar, he said, oh, Umar, put it away. For I swear by the one who sent me with the truth, even if Moses was alive today, if Musa السلام, was alive today, physically, he would have no choice but to follow me. He would have no choice but to follow me. You, you're looking at the book of Moses, the Torah, what the Torah says, Masha, subhanAllah, you're very impressed by that. Yeah, even if Moses, Moses himself, the man of the Torah himself was alive today. He would put the Torah away and he would follow me. He would follow my Quran and my Sunnah. That's about Moses. Uh, as far as Jesus is concerned, uh, we know very well that in Jesus' case, it's not even a theory, it's real. That Sayyidina Isa will actually come back to this world before Qiyamah. It's going to be a miraculous event. It's, you know, Allah knows when it will happen. Uh, it, he will come back and he will actually follow the Quran and follow the Sunnah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He will not follow the Bible, the Gospel, or any of the teachings that were given to him. He will follow Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He will follow my way. So those so-called few people, Muslims, sometimes nowadays that say uh, it's okay to follow Jesus, it's okay to follow Moses, you don't have to follow Islam, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, that's misguidance. We don't condemn those who are following Jesus and Moses. Uh, uh, you know, they have a right to follow what they want. But we call them to Islam. We call them to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because we do believe that those religions were distorted. Those messages were distorted. And the pure message of Musa, Musa Salam and the pure message of Isa Salam is in Islam today. In other words, even if you want to be a true follower of Moses and Jesus today, you have no choice but to follow Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Me and you, my Muslim brother, we are better 
and more real followers of Jesus and Moses than the Christian and the Jewish brothers. We are more closer to Jesus and Moses than them. So uh, Imam Busari says that all the prophets took from him. And they all stood before him in their assigned ranks. He says like the Prophet is the Imam and the leader and all the prophets stand in front of him in their ranks, in their assigned ranks because some are nearer, some are further, right? Not all the prophets are equal. For example, Jesus and Moses are greater than the other prophets. Ibrahim السلام, is greater than Jesus and Moses, right? So they all stand in their limitation, in their, in their rank, in their assignment, where they are assigned. They cannot go beyond that. Musa السلام, has a high rank, but he cannot go beyond that. Isa, Jesus, السلام, he has a rank, but he cannot go beyond that. They all stand in the ranks possessing but a dot of his knowledge or a glimpse of his wisdom. That all these prophets, uh, uh, what they have of his, وسلم, uh, what they have of his knowledge and his wisdom is but like a dot. But like a dot. So the, the example, the knowledge that all the prophets were given is like, compared to the knowledge of the Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam, is like a dot, right, in front of a book. So uh, his knowledge sallallahu alayhi wasallam is like a book, like an ocean. His wisdom is like a book, like an ocean. And all the knowledge given to all the prophets is like a dot in front of that. Now imagine that when I tell you that all the knowledge given to all of mankind, all of mankind is like a dot in front of the knowledge of the prophets again. The knowledge of the prophets of Allah is itself uh, like uh, uh, greater than the knowledge of all of mankind compared, uh, combined. And then the knowledge of the Prophet is greater than the knowledge of all of the prophets combined. That's why there's a hadith where he said that the knowledge of all the books of Allah, that whatever he revealed, all the knowledge Allah revealed to the prophets, they are in the four books, the Torah, the Zabur, the Injil, the Quran. And the knowledge of the Torah, the Zabur, the Injil, the books of Jesus, Moses, and David, is in the Quran. So the knowledge of all the prophets is in the Quran. And he said that the, the entire Quran is in the Fatiha. So Allah, Sayyidina Muhammad, I was given the knowledge of all those before me and all those after me. So nobody can come near him in knowledge. And there's a hadith, right? We all know that uh, when it comes to salah, to prayer, right? Who, should, who has the right to lead the prayer? Who has the right to lead the prayer? The Prophet wasallam said, A'lamuhum. The most learned person should lead the prayer. In any gathering, the man who has the most knowledge of the deen, the knowledge of Islam, the deen, he should lead the prayer, right? So on the night of the Isra and the Mi'raj, our Prophet was ordered to lead the prayer by Jibreel which is a proof also that he is the one more knowledgeable than everybody else behind him. He is the one who was perfected in his meaning, in his character, in what he symbolizes. And in his form. Everything has a meaning and a form. 
right? Everything has a meaning and a form. For example, uh, this is a pen. This has a surah. Surah means the form, the form. The form of the pen is that it's like this. It, it's got this little thing here. It's half black here. It's half, uh, you know, uh, transparent and whatever. This is the form of the pen. It's a beautiful form, alhamdulillah. The meaning of the pen is that it writes. Right? If this is a beautiful pen, let's say it's a very beautiful pen, but let's say it doesn't write. If it doesn't write, it's useless. It's not good. Or if it writes, but the ink is not very nice, it goes on and off. Won't be nice. Right? That's the meaning of the pen, that it writes. So, when it, but if the pen is both beautiful outwardly and it writes brilliantly, then this is the most beautiful pen. So, Allah uh, Sayyidina Muhammad. Uh, Imam Busari says, He, the Prophet وسلم, is the one who was perfected in both in his meaning and in his form. The same thing we mentioned earlier. His form was the best form and his meaning was the best meaning. Uh, nobody could, you know, match him وسلم, in his form or in his meaning. So he says, Allah is the one Allah is the one who perfected your form and your meaning, Ya Rasulallah. And then the creator of all souls. Bari Unasimi. Nasami means the creator of all souls, creator of all people. And then he chose you as his beloved. And then he chose you, he selected you as his beloved. Of course, if I make many things, if I make, uh, like let's say I write books or I, I cook some food, different things, different items. I make a few paintings. My, my beloved one will be the best one. The most beautiful painting I make, that's the one I'm going to love the most because this is my, this is my favorite one. This is the most beautiful one. So when Allah made the Prophet as the most beautiful person, then Allah chose him as his beloved. Habiban. Summa stafahu habiban. Istafa meaning selected him and that's chose him and that's from the root of the word Mustafa. One of the names of our Prophet is Mustafa, the chosen one, the selected one. So our Prophet's rank is Habibullah. He is Habibullah, the beloved of Allah. He stood on the member himself one day and he said, Ana Habibullah wala fakhr. I am the beloved of Allah and I do not say it out of pride or boastfulness. I say it as a fact. I don't say it to brag, but I am the beloved of Allah. I'm not bragging, but I am the beloved of Allah. It's the haq, right? It's the haq. If I say the truth, you say the truth. So, uh, uh, Ibrahim salam, was chosen as Khalilullah, the intimate friend of Allah. In Arabic, Khalil means somebody that's your intimate friend, your best friend, your bestie. You know, that's that's Khalil. You say Khalili. That one I love. You know, that's very close to me. But greater than Khalil is Habib. Habib is your beloved. Your beloved is greater than your best friend. There's somebody that's your best friend, but there's somebody that's your beloved. That's greater than just best friend. Right? Somebody, the one you love. So our Prophet is Habibullah, the beloved of Allah. The beloved of Allah. And we, he should be treated as such. If he is Allah's beloved, then be careful of, of, of your attitude to him. Be careful of how you are with him, sallallahu Because imagine if somebody hurts your beloved. Me and you. Me and you. If somebody hurts our beloved, how will we feel? If, if you have a beloved wife or a beloved child, anyone that you love, and somebody insults them and somebody hurts them or somebody, how will you feel? Will you tolerate that? So, uh, same way, 
uh, also at the same time, will we disobey them? Will we go against their wishes? If I love somebody, no. So he is Allah's beloved. He should uh, be careful with his maqam in, in the den. Because he is the beloved of Allah. If you mess with him, you are messing with Allah. If you mess with him, you are messing with Allah. And because he is Allah's beloved, he is our beloved. He is Habibullah wa Habibul Khalq. He is the beloved of Allah and the beloved of all people. There is no one in this universe that is loved more than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa No man. No man. Which man is loved so much? Which human being is loved so much uh, by humanity? Like Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu No one. Uh, there are soccer players and all that. But nobody really loves them. You won't give up your life for him. You know, you'll, you'll be a fan. Maybe you will cheer him a little bit. And after a while, he becomes old and retires and you forget about him. And it's only for a season or a generation. My kids will not love the same soccer player I like. Of. And it's a liking. It's not even a love. A musician, maybe you like some musician. Your children will like another one. You yourself might change after a while. Nobody really loves these people. Who do we really love? Mankind loves. You could say maybe Jesus. Yes, there are people that love Jesus indeed. But it's nowhere near the way the Muslims love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. No. And plus, Rasulullah sallallahu is not only loved in this world. He is loved by the malaika, the angels. He's loved by the jinn. He's loved by all the creatures of Allah. He's loved by the animals. He's loved by the insects. I just said the flies would not sit on him. The birds <clears throat> would greet him. Uh, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was loved by everything. And most importantly, he is loved by God himself, the creator of the heavens and the earth. So beyond that, there is no one who, who is more beloved in this entire universe than Rasulullah That's why he's called the Habib. We refer to him as the Habib. Then he says, He says, after comparing him to the prophets and stuff, he says that indeed, he is, uh, his qualities are beyond uh, comparison. His qualities are beyond comparison. And, and indeed, the jewel of excellence in him is indivisible. So the beauty, he, he, he uh, compares the beauty of the Prophet ﷺ to a jewel, like a diamond. But he says it's indivisible. Diamonds, you can break them and cut them right into pieces. He says, but the, the diamond of Rasulullah's beauty is indivisible. You cannot cut it. It's, it's just him. It's one diamond. If you try to cut it, you're going to break it. It's not, and it, it won't be cut. Sallallahu alayhi wa is one and only. He is absolutely unique. Sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. Da'mad nasara Now here, uh, people might say, uh, yeah, but you know, you, you're praising the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but what's the limitation of that praise? How much can we praise him and not? He says, nasara He says, leave what the Christians said. The Nasara, Nasara is Christians, the Nazarenes. Leave what the Nasara said about their prophet, which is Jesus. Leave what they said. Then uh, what, what did they say? They said he is God or son of God, which makes him part of God, right? They believe he's part of the Godhead. Jesus is not a human being, he's a God. He says, leave what the Christians said about their prophet. And then say about him whatever you want to say in praise. And uh, give him whatever is due. And attribute to his being whatever you wish of nobility. 
وَنْسُ بِلَا قَدْرِهِ مَا شِئْتَ مِنْ عِظَمِي an attribute to his value, to his worth, whatever greatness you wish. Just don't say, he is Allah, he is part of Allah. Uh, don't make him Allah. After that, attribute to him whatever greatness you wish, and attribute to him whatever honor you wish, attribute to him whatever praise you wish, because Rasulullah has all of that in him. All human greatness, all human beauty, all human... Um, praiseworthiness it is all in him all those qualities are in him sallallahu alaihi wasallam so uh, attribute to him whatever you want of that uh, uh, you know just don't make him god that's it you know that's our tawheed la ilaha illallah allah is one and only so we don't make anybody into god but after that he is deserving of all praise why fa inna fadla rasulillah laysa lahu haddun fa yu'rib anhu natiqun fi bifami because the greatness and the superiority of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has no limitation. Has no limitation that uh, a speaker can articulate with his mouth. Meaning Rasulullah's greatness, it is uh, it is the ocean of his his greatness is so big that no speaker can articulate it and do justice to it with his mouth. We can't do justice to it. We cannot do justice to Rasulullah's status with our mouth. So how, how are we ever going to praise him? Over, go overboard in praising him. How are we going to praise him more than what's necessary? Well, we cannot even do what is necessary. We can never do justice to his rank, let alone go beyond that. We can't do justice, let alone go beyond that. Thereafter, he says, لَوْ نَاسَبَتْ قَدْرَهُ آيَاتُهُ عِظَمًا he says, and indeed, I mean, you might think that the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ, they were, you know, they display his rank, right? I mentioned some of the miracles earlier. Uh, Imam Busiri will mention more. Maybe they, 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 they describe his rank. But he says here, if his, his signs, if his miracles were actually proportionate to his rank, if they were really proportionate to his rank, in other words, they weren't. He says the miracles that appeared from the Prophet ﷺ, they were just glimpses of his maqam, of his power, of his status. They were glimpses. They were not proportionate to his rank. If, if his miracles were in proportion to his rank, just the mere utterance of his name, the mere utterance of his name, the mere mention of his name would bring dead bones back to life. Would bring dead bones back to life. In other words, Rasulullah status is so great that if Allah revealed his true status to us, just mentioning his name Muhammad will make the dead bones come alive. And why not? When the entire universe which was dead and non-existence came into existence because of him sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So just the mention of his name will make the dead bones alive. If Allah had to make his miracles, the display of his miracles in accordance to his rank. But Allah didn't because out of mercy for us. If, if Rasulullah had to display to his Sahaba, to the people of Makkah and to the whole world at that time, his exact rank as it is, as it is, without any barrier, without any covering, who he was and what he was, people would have been crazy. People would have died. 
people, uh, if the whole world would have been turned upside down. And we saw with Jesus, he just showed a few miracles like making dead people alive and everybody started worshipping him. Right? Till today now, millions of people worship Jesus. They say Jesus is God and they pray to him. And he just showed a little bit of the miracles that were borrowed from Rasulullah. Imagine if Rasulullah had to show his full status to mankind. Uh, people would have worshipped him. People would have worshipped him and made him God. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covered up the rank of the Prophet with a lot of humility, with a lot of, uh, you know, humbleness. Our Prophet used to sit on the earth, mix with the Sahaba, pray with them, eat with them, laugh with them sometimes, fight with them in the battles, uh, get married to the, to the wives, the, play with the children. He used to do all these things. It, it was like a way of also covering up his maqam. Because if his maqam had to be revealed to them openly the way it was, uh, and uh, it, it would really be uh, not right. You know, it, it, it would have uh, confused everyone. It, it would have been overwhelming. It would have been overwhelming for everybody. Too much that everything would have turned upside down. So that's why Buseri says that uh, in the poem here in the Buddha that uh, if his real rank had been, re if his miracles were in accordance with his actual rank, just mentioning his name would make the dead bones come alive. Alayhi salatu wasalam. Because we know that Jesus, Jesus, Isa, would make the dead, dead people alive, right? So Rasulullah is greater than him. But then he says, uh, why didn't that happen? He says, He says, but he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he did not test us with that which will tire our minds. He didn't test us with that which would have confused our minds, which have dazzled our minds. The Prophet ﷺ didn't want to confuse the people. He didn't want to do something that would be so great that it would, uh, you know, weaken or, or baffle the, the minds of mankind. He didn't want to do that. That was his rahmah. And secondly, if he had to do that, people would have worshipped him and called him God. So uh, he didn't want to do that. Why? out of his concern for us. Out of his concern for us. So that we do not doubt who he is, that he is Rasulullah. We don't make him anything more than that, meaning like God. And we don't become lost and confused about him. Look at the, the case of Jesus, people are confused about him. Till today, it's 2,000 years, and people are confused about him. Some say he is God. Others say he is the son of God. And others say he is, he is you know, the, a part of God. Even among the Christian sects, they have differences between the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, the Protestant Church. They have differences about Jesus. Some of them say that he is man and God at the same time. There are others who say he was man sometimes and he was God sometimes. Others say that he was only God. And the man was just like a, a covering, but he was actually just God. And others say that he was uh, both man and God. The man was real and the God was real. And others say that, you know, so there's so much confusion about the nature of Jesus. The nature of Jesus, who he was, what he was. Rasulullah didn't want that for his ummah. He didn't want to confuse his ummah like that. That's why our Prophet always kept himself humble. 
uh, yes, there were miracles that were shown, but they were, you know, miracles that wouldn't make people, they would, they would make people believe he's a prophet, but not make him God. Not miracles of the level that would make people actually turn him into a God. And that's why, uh, because that is what he feared the most. He didn't want his ummah to do to him what the Christians did to Jesus. Nor did he want his ummah to treat him the way the Jews treated Moses. So he would show miracles and signs to, to strengthen the iman so that they don't mistreat him like the Yahud treated Musa. But the miracles wouldn't be of such a caliber uh, or, or, or proportion uh, that the, the people, his followers, turn him into God like the Christians did with Jesus. It was the perfect balance, the perfect balance. As Buseri said, had his miracles been proportionate to his status, subhanAllah, just mentioning his name would make dead bones alive. If you just say, oh, dead man, come alive in the name of Muhammad, he would have come alive. If the name of Muhammad had to reveal its actual power, sallallahu alayhi wa Why was that? Because he really cared about us. He really cared about us. He doesn't want to, to over, uh, you know, burden us, overwhelm us. And uh, then he says, uh, Busuri says, yet, yet he says, and indeed, mankind is still helpless in trying to understand his inner reality, his meaning. Despite everything, we still cannot fully fathom the status of the Prophet uh, We know he isn't God. But we also know that he wasn't just a human being like any other human being. You know, that doesn't make any sense. So what exactly is he? What was he? What is his actual status? What is his actual rank? Uh, what was his actual nature? We don't want to make shirk and make him into God. At the same time, we don't want to uh, undermine him and not realize what he actually was. So till today, we all try to understand him. That's why we're studying the Burda. Other people study the Shama'il, the Seerah, the Hadith, the Sunnah. It's all about trying to understand the Prophet sallallahu alaihi And nobody will fully comprehend him. Sayyidina Uwais al-Qarni is attributed to have said to Sayyidina Umar, uh, None of you knew Rasulullah. He said to the Sahaba, Uwais al-Qarni is not a Sahabi, he met the Sahaba. He's telling the Sahaba, none of you knew Rasulullah. So Sayyidina Umar was there. He said, what Ibn Abi Quhafa? Not even Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. Abu Bakr Siddiq is his best friend, closest Sahabi. He says, even Abu Bakr didn't know him. Sayyidina Uwais said, Uwais al-Qarni said, Wala ibn Abi Quhafa, not even Abu, uh, the son of Abu Quhafa, meaning Abu Bakr, not even Abu Bakr. And then he said, Ma arafa Rasulullah illallah. Nobody knew Rasulullah except Allah. Nobody knew Rasulullah except Allah. So the reality of the Prophet remains a secret of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Al-Busiri says, <coughs> he gives an example of that. He says, He says, he is like, but he is like the sun. Rasulullah is like the, the sun. The sun, from far, it looks it looks small to your eyes. The sun, 
if you look at the sun from very far away, like when the sun is setting, you know, very early morning or the early, the, the late, you know, the, the evening, if you look at the sun from far, it looks very small. It looks like, you know, like that. You, 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 can, you can look at the sun like that. Uh, you can take a coin, a quarter, and put it like that, and the sun is the size of that quarter, that coin. He says Rasulullah is like the sun. If you look at him from far, he looks very small. But if you look at him from near, his its light will blind you and and exhaust you. Not blind you, takillu mean to killu, meaning it will uh, uh, completely uh, exhaust your eyes. So can any of us look at the sun straight when the sun is shining in its full? Glory. Can we go look at the sun like that? We cannot. We're gonna go like that. We turn away. We cannot see the sun in its full glory. So he says, Rasulullah is like that. If you look at him from far, it looks small. But if you come nearer and nearer and nearer to him, you're gonna see the greatness. The greatness. Uh, you're gonna see how great he is. Alayhi salatu wasalam. And this is one of my favorite lines in the Buddha because it really explains to us. How, why, like different people in the Ummah and different people in the world itself look at the Prophet in different ways? I would say the kuffar, the disbelievers, are those who are blinded to the sun. So they are actually blind. Like the blind guy can't even see the sun. Even if he stands in front of the sun, the blind guy, he's going to make no difference. He can't see anything, right? If the blind man looks at the sun, he can look perfectly at the sun. Why? Because he's blind. He can't see anything. So the kuffar are like that. They don't see the sun at all. They are blinded. May Allah open their eyes. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. But the Muslims are like Imam Busiri explains. Some of them look at the Prophet from far. So when they look at him from very far, they are not near him. They don't have that closeness to Zatun Nabi to his Zat, to his being. So when they look at him from far, he looks small. And they say things like, Oh, Basharum Misluna, uh, Rasulullah is just a human being like us, man. He was just a man like us. Why do you guys praise him so much? Why do you make him so great? Uh, why do you know they, they? And if you talk about the greatness of Rasulullah, they become, you know, uh, worried and they're not impressed and, and they get angry and they don't believe it. They consider it exaggeration, Mubalaha, or Hulu, exaggeration. These are the people in the Ummah, they, they see the sun. Alhamdulillah, they're not blinded. They see the sun. They are Muslim. They believe he's Rasulullah, right? Uh, no, none of them will say he's not Rasulullah. If they say that, they're not Muslim. Uh, they believe he's Rasulullah, but they're looking at him from very far. They see him from far, and then he looks very small to them. Very small to them. But the Arifin, the knowers, the, the lovers, the muhibbin, the more you love him, the more you come closer to Rasulullah, the more you make. How do you come closer? By following the sunnah, by reading about his life. Uh, by reading about his miracles, by reading the Buddha, for example, the, these type of poems, by making uh, salawat on him, Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad al-Fatih, Allahumma salli ala sayyidina Muhammad al-Fatih, the more you make Dhruj Jareed, salat and salam, it brings you closer and closer and closer to his reality. You, the more you read books on him, right? You read all these books on sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the seerah, the more the sun, you're coming closer to the sun and the sun is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And now, you say, wow, wow, subhanallah, Allah, Allahumma salli ala al-habib, Allahumma salli ala sayyidina al-nabi, Allahumma salli ala mawlana al-nabi, Allahumma salli ala habibina al-nabi, Allahumma salli ala habib rasulillah. The more you learn about him, the more you realize how great he was. The more you come closer to the sun, you realize, wow, 
This sun is not the size of a coin, subhanAllah. This sun is bigger than the entire earth. The sun is larger than our entire earth. How many times? Like hundreds of times. So uh, you realize that Rasulullah, when you when you looked at him from far, he looked he just looked like one man amongst many other men. Okay, he's Rasulullah, he's better than us, but he's just one of us. But when you looked at Rasulullah from near, you realize that he is greater than all of mankind combined. He is a thousand times greater than all of us combined. The alims, the sheikh, even all the prophets. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than everything. There is nothing greater than him except Allah. So, uh, therefore, when we conclude tonight's lesson, we from this line, we encourage everyone to come closer to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Come closer to him, and you're gonna you're gonna see how great that son is, the son of Shamsun Nabuwa, the the greatness of uh, 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 the, the, the son of Prophet sallam. He is not the son. The dunya son can harm you can burn you but Rasulullah's light will never burn you so let us all try to come closer and closer to him sallallahu alayhi wasallam so that uh, we realize who he was it's a shame it's a shame if you are a muslim and you don't know the rank of your prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and you are looking at him from far and you think he's small that's your problem so fix that come closer walk closer to him sallallahu uh, so that we realize his real maqam uh, may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, bring us all closer to him Alayhi salatu was salam, especially in this holy month, which is his month, you know, this Quran was revealed to him. You know, the Quran didn't fall, uh, Jibreel didn't come to just nobody in the cave of Hira. He didn't come to the cave of Hira and started reciting Iqra. The Quran was Allah's gift to his beloved. The Quran is but a gift to his beloved. And his beloved, this is the month of the beloved, then, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So may Allah bring us all closer to, to, to the Messenger وسلم, and to the message, the Holy Quran. May Allah, through the barakah of the message and the Messenger, uh, make this month a source of forgiveness for all of us and Allah's pleasure for all of us and Allah's mercy on all of us. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad al-Fatih lima ughlaq wal-khatim lima sabaq nasir al-haqqi bil-haqq wal-hadi ila asiratika al-mustaqim wa ala alihi haqa qadrihi wa miqtari al-azim subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ramadan, Mubarak to everyone.